All right, good morning, church, family. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? Clearly not. This side over here is doing better than this side, I think. But anyways, we're glad you're all here today. We're going to have a great service today. Um, How many of you ever woke up in your lifetime and realized you had a test that day and forgot to study for it? Anybody? Yeah? And you did this thing where you wrote your notes on your hand? So just to remind, that's what I did today for opener, just so we're all aware. If you see me looking at my hand, it's because I did not study for the test this morning. So uh, we're so glad that you're all here. Uh, if you're a first-time guest with us, thank you so much for joining us today. Like, we are really honored that you're here, and we would love to know who you are. So there are some first-time guest cards, or there's a QR code that you can scan on the back of the pew right in front of you. If you would either fill out that card or fill out that form, we would just love to know who you are to be able to pray for you, things like that. Or you can fill the card out and drop it off at the Welcome Center out in the lobby after service. Either way, thank you for joining us joining us. And if you're joining us on live stream for the very first time, thank you for joining us as well. We'd love to know who you are. So maybe drop us a message. Let us know you joined today. We'd love to connect with you as well. Also, if you'll notice walking in the pews, you'll see some ushers uh, carrying some prayer cards. If you have a prayer need, please grab one of those cards, fill it out. You can drop it off in the offering buckets or out at the Welcome Center. We'd love to be able to pray with you. We'll be praying for all of those prayer requests this coming Saturday morning, which is our first Saturday prayer service right here at the church from 8 to 9 a.m. in the morning. Would you come and join me? I'll be here praying, and I would love for you to come in. It's a really awesome service. Uh, We do worship. There's all that stuff, but it's a prayer service. We believe in the power of God, and we believe in the power of prayer. So if you believe that as well, please join us this coming Saturday morning from 8 to 9. We promise it'll end right at 9 so you can get out and get on with your day. All right, now for the announcements I can't forget. Home groups. We are doing one big home group in May, May 21st. We're going to be going to the park in New Knoxville. It's going to be a blast. How many of you were at the big home group celebration last year at the park in New Knoxville? Raise your hand. All right, I expected more hands to go up. There were like a million people there. Anyways, we need you to be there. It is absolutely amazing, and if you've never tried out home groups, this is a great one to start with. There's just a lot of food, a lot of people, a lot of games. It's a blast, so make sure you plan to do that with us. Uh, Also, also, we are launching the Farmer's Market Outreach. If you've helped in the past or you're interested in helping this year, there's a sign-up sheet to just get more information. If you sign up, you're not committing yet. It's just saying, I'm interested in helping. You can sign up for that at the Welcome Center. And then we're also gonna be collecting tissue boxes again. If you remember last year, we collected tissue boxes for Botkin School. I know it sounds silly, but they said it would be a big help for them because typically the teachers have to buy those for themselves. And so we wanna bless our local schools with tissue boxes this year. So if you can bring in some tissue boxes, we're gonna bless some people with it this year. Amen. Amen. All right. Would you guys stand to your feet? We're going to get ready to worship Jesus. Yeah, we should be excited for that. Here's what I want to do. Listen, I just want you to know, I just want you to know why we're so passionate about worship in this church. And here's why. It doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus. You might be here today and you're not even sure why you're here. Maybe somebody kidnapped you and brought you here. Uh, We had that happen in the youth group on Wednesday night. A kid just grabbed a friend and brought them, didn't know what they were doing. So we're, we're open to that. If you see somebody that looks lost, grab them and bring them to church with you. It would be the best decision of your life. Maybe. But if you're here and you don't know why you're here, maybe you're here and you want to believe. 
but you're not quite there yet. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while, but you're struggling in your faith. Or maybe you're just really in a good place. I just want to remind all of us why we worship Jesus. In Psalms 145, we read this. Your kingdom, talking about Jesus' kingdom, is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. It says the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. That's good news, people. The Lord upholds all who fall, and he lifts up all who are bowed down. If you're coming in here today feeling beat up, feeling tore down, I want you to know Jesus is here to lift you up. That's good news. That's part of why we worship. It says the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. God cares for us. He's meeting our needs. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. It says the Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. Listen to this. The Lord is near to all who call on him. God's not far away from you. He's one cry away. Just cry out, Jesus, I need you. And he comes to them. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. And he hears their cry and saves them. God is here to rescue people today. That's why we worship. It says, the Lord watches over all who love him. And he will destroy the wicked. Church, we have joy in the house of the Lord because we serve a God who will always reign. His kingdom will not end. He's a rescuer. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a lifter up. I just want you to know wherever you're at today, Jesus is in this building to meet with you and to rescue you. So here's the challenge. Give him all your praise. Give him all of your worship. Why? Because he's worthy of every ounce that we can give him this morning. Amen? Amen. Father, we invite you into this place. We want to lift high your son's name today. Father, we thank you that you are faithful in every single promise that you have made us. And you are here to lift us up today, to restore us, to provide for us, to heal us and rescue us, Father. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. And we declare that there is joy in your house because you're in it, Father. Let's worship together, church. Of the Lord today, 
and we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Cause we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh.
open spaces His grace is It's waiting for you Let's dance like the weight has been lifted His grace is It's waiting Where the Spirit of the Lord is Shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lies made whole, hearts awake. Come on, it's at the sound of his name. Oh, yes, chains will fall. Prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lies made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. And chains will fall. Prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Life made whole, hearts awake at the sound of chains will fall. Chains will fall. Prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Oh yes. Life made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus'
ones are better than all the ones I have. I'm slowing down, tuning out everything but you. There's no rush, you're welcome to take up all the room. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want time to get in the way. I just want to give you this space to move in this place. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want to miss what you want to say. I just want to give you this space to move in this place. I put aside distraction and lay down all my cares. I give you my attention, God, make me so aware that when you're near, like you are now, everything can change. There's no rush, you're welcome here to have your way. I don't want to be in a hurry. want to give you the space to move in this place. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want to miss what you want to say. I just want to give you the space to move in this place. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want time to get in the way. I just want to give you the space. I want to give you the space to move in this place and move. You come and move. Lord, come and do what only you can do. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us in your presence. We Come like a fire, come like a flood, spirit of the living God, fall afresh, in your presence, oh come, come on let's sing that this morning, spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us, in your presence we're undone, come like a fire, come like the flood, spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us. In your presence we're undone. Come like a fire, come like a flood, spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us. In your presence we're undone. Come like a fire, 
today spirit of the living God worship him this morning let's worship him this morning we're not up here for you to look at us worship we're pointing you to Jesus we're pointing you to Jesus it's for you to worship him this morning come on let's tell him he's good this morning let's tell him we want him here come and have it our praises this morning Lord let your Holy Spirit reign in this house let your Holy Spirit come like a fire like a flood like a mighty rushing wind come and do what only you can do we worship you father we worship you we give you praise we exalt your name on high for there's no one there's no one like you there's no one like you you deserve every ounce of praise hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah
making this place I stay holy ground, holy
businessmen in our churches, for our entrepreneurs. We've got farmers that need seed in the ground. We've got businessmen that need bigger and better jobs. And we need it with a better cost basis to make up for a percentage rate between 13 and 19% inflation. You get where I'm coming from. So I understand that there's a lot of us that just get to show up to work, but there's a lot of people that they show up to own the work that you and I come to. So today we're gonna lift those businessmen and women up. If you're around a businessman or woman and you know it specifically, I'm seeing Paul and Carol back here. I'm seeing the Mitchells here. I know you got a side business. I got the Millers in the house. We've got Mr. Kalig, a farmer. We've got some other farmers, David, Jane. There's a lot of businessmen and women in here. Just slip your hands up wherever you are. If, I don't even care if you run a side business along with your business. Lift your hand up, because I want people around you. If someone right now in your seat, get around them. There you go, ladies, cover them up. Yes, Mr. Kalig, there you are. Grab a businessman or woman, because I'm telling you, they have needs. And God's here to meet those needs. And we're gonna lift them up, we're gonna support them where they are today. 
Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. And Father, we pray for the gift of wisdom as these men and women run and rule over these businesses. Father, for you have set them in this place, God, that they would be able to do that which you've called them to do, to provide work for others, to be able to give to the things of the kingdom that you've called them to do. Father, for these giftings and talents have been purposed by you. Now, Father, for the farmers in the house, I ask that you dry up the land, that it can be planted. And God, that you would bring the heat, that the seed could germinate and begin to bring forth growth. Father, with an exponential rate of harvest this year in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that every man and businesswoman in here would have the favor of God. Wherever they walk, whatever they do, Father, that your favor would be upon them. God, when other people are paying this price for seed, they will pay this price. God, I thank you that though other people's equipment would break down, God, that because they're tithers and givers, Lord, their equipment would continue to last for years longer beyond what normal would. Father, I thank you if you, they sell things, Father, they'll get top dollar of what they sell and then some. Father, that they'll buy equipment and buy products at the least amount of value that's possible, God, because of your favor upon their life. Father, I thank you that jobs would come, Lord, with a higher cost basis or a better, uh, not cost basis, less material and better profit in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that bigger jobs would come with less work involved, less hands, less employees, less energy, Father, put to it, but they would be able to work smarter and not harder. Father, I thank you that you would enlarge them, enlarge their territories, expand their borders. God, that as business owners, they could handle more with less pressure in the name of Jesus. Father, for they set out to own a business. God, don't let the business own them. Allow their priorities to be set in order. God, that you would be first, that their families and their children would not suffer because of these businesses. But God, their families and their spouses would grow and be blessed because they own businesses. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've given them promotion beyond promotions. God, that you've set them with relationships in their local communities. Father, relationships that will build a better business and bring more money into their hands, God. Because we know that you've commissioned your business owners, Lord, that they don't hold on to the money. They let it run through their hands into your work. Father, we thank you. And we ask it and we call it done in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated today. And you ask, Pastor Nicole, why do we pray every service? I'll tell you why. Because we pray first. We don't pray after the fact. We pray before the fact. And I'm telling you, there's farmers that have needs. There's businessmen and women that are just going through it. And we need to support one another. Amen? It's tithe and offering time. And I wanted to talk to you today about the kingdom of God and the way that it works. And oftentimes, we think that we run our money according to the way the world works. But our system and God's system, the kingdom way, doesn't work the same way the world's way works. In God's kingdom, you can't outgive Him. You know, I'm wearing one of our, our, our sporting, our new shop gear this year, and it says only believe on it, but it's got a corn stalk. Why? Because we're the church in the middle of a cornfield. But the kingdom is like a cornfield. 
That's what it says. In the Bible, it says the kingdom is likened to a seed. Well, you, you don't have a seed without a field, right? But the seed is can be used as the word of God, as money it can symbolize in the Bible. And what it says is that if you take the seed and put it in the ground, the law of multiplication and the blessing and the favor of God that comes when you put that seed in the ground and begin to trust that what God made this seed to do, when you put it into his kingdom, by faith, something supernatural happens. And that seed duplicates, it multiplies, it turns into more than you planted. That's the beauty. You know, Only Believe started with <clears throat> mom and dad and my, my aunt Dreama and myself. And just that seed turned into all of this in the middle of a cornfield. God was faithful. God was faithful because a man and a woman put their faith out and believed that God could do more with one seed of faith than he could do by them doing nothing. I encourage you today, your money is the same way. If you have need in your life, the answer is not to keep your seed. The answer is to sow your seed so that when the harvest comes forth, you'll have more than you need. Not just what you need, but more so you can give to what God needs you to give to. Because there might be a neighbor sitting right next to you that doesn't have rent money. There might be a neighbor next to you that just had a debt called due that you're not aware of. But God is aware of the need. It's so important that you and I understand we hold the antidote to need. And it's giving. God said that if you give, he will give it back to you. Press down shaken together and come on women you know what I'm talking about because you can get that whole box of Cheerios inside that little container even though it's only going to hold six ounces you can get eight ounces in it because you know if you shake it down and stomp it on the counter a little bit more those Cheerios settle down and you can get more Cheerios in top of that box God's the same way when you think your wallet is full he's shaking it down he's Oh, I can get a few more in there for him. Why? So you can do a little more for his kingdom's sake. Amen? So just remember, God says that if you give it, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Listen to this. Will men and women give unto your bosom? Didn't say supernaturally those ones are going to show up. It said through men and women. So let us have our hearts open to what God would ask of us today, not just for your church, but for what his purpose would be for you to give to other men and women that might be in need. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you yet again for the opportunity to give. 
God, forgiving is the antidote to need and greed in our life. And Father, you saw that it was important. But God, when we put this money in our offering bucket today, when we pay our tithe, Father, we mix our faith with it. Faith and obedience, knowing that your word will deliver that which it said it would. Now, Father, we count on you. We trust in you. And we believe that what your word said is true. And we give it with a willing heart today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Bring your tithes and offerings. Don't forget your missions globe is in the center. One come up and get prayer, and now God's opened up her blind eye. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You go, you're gonna be fine now. Father, level out her sugar in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go, young lady. Hallelujah. You're welcome. Hallelujah. She said it took me everything to get down here. But getting your sight back is worth it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, can I have that uh, video on Honduras? Father, in the name of Jesus, I loose the working of miracle right now. I loose God a miracle into her motor skills, down to her spine, into her leg, and her feet. 
in the name of Jesus. Let them be strengthened, God. Let it be made whole in the name of Jesus. God, and I thank you. Amen and amen. See if she can stand up. See if she can stand up. been able to stand like that before. Oh, okay. All right. She just can't walk. Oh, I see. She doesn't have stability. Has she done that? Has she done that before? Now in the name of Jesus, you blind devil, I command you in Jesus Christ's name. By the authority of that name, I command this blind devil to come out of God restore his sight in Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. That hand right up there. Now tell me what you see. What do you see? You see me? You see that? How many? Tell me what. Oh. Is it clear? Okay, clear. All right, go home. Hallelujah. Now I curse you, you deaf devil. I command you in Jesus' name to come out right now. I command you, you deaf devil, I command you to come out. Be open in the name of Jesus. Okay, there you go. Good deal. By the authority of that name, I command you, you deaf devil, I command you to come out right now. Be open. What happened? Come on, shout hallelujah. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you deaf devil in this right ear, I command you in Jesus' name to come out right now. Be open in the name of Jesus. Now I command you, you deaf devil in this left ear to come out. Be opened in Jesus' name. Be opened in Jesus' name. I curse this tumor right now. I curse this tumor in the name of Jesus, and I command it in Jesus' name. Come out of here. Go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I feel for it. Had a tumor. Now he's feeling for it. Come on. All the pain is gone. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I command this blind devil in Jesus' name, this left eye, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of him right now. 
Oh God, I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. All right? Now, are you ready to see me? You ready to see? Okay. All right, look at me. Jesus, command right now this vision return. Devil, let him go in Jesus' name. All right, look at him. Now he can see. Come on, God's open this man's blind eyes. Come on, somebody. Shout hallelujah. All righty. That's what you get when you send us to other countries and help us take the gospel there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In fact, that guy that uh, was interpreting for me was in the first miracle service uh, that I had years ago. And uh, the youth group was with us. And Ben uh, Swartz was there. And uh, they struck up a great fellowship, and uh, Ben's working with them and doing great things in Brazil. Is he in Brazil today? I think he is in Brazil today. All righty. <clears throat> well, let's turn our Bibles to 1 John 4, 1 through 4. We're talking about the Holy Ghost today, and some of you may know all the scriptures we're going to deal with, that's okay. You can just reaffirm to me that they're in there. And uh, I believe that God wants us. Randy made a statement Wednesday night while he's teaching on the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost is very much neglected out of our life. We don't invite him in. <clears throat> And though we say that he could do what we need done, we find alternative ways to get the problem solved. But remember, the Holy Ghost has come to glorify Jesus. So we need to build a fellowship, a communion, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. But here in 1 John 4, <clears throat> 1 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try those spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we, yet the Spirit of God, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Hallelujah. The Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord is come in the flesh. And every spirit that confesses not the Lord Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye shall, ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. You are of God, little children and have overcome them, 
because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, Jesus, after being born of the Virgin Mary, living 30 years, needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he goes to a young man, which is his cousin, born of his aunt, uh, Elizabeth, and his name is John the Baptist. He comes out of the wilderness. His father and mother probably have passed away, but he comes out of the wilderness where the school of the prophets was. And he discovered who he was. He discovered his mission, his passion, and his ministry to work with the Lord Jesus Christ. John baptizes Jesus. The Holy Ghost comes down in the form of a dove. He's not a dove. It is a symbolism. And the dove comes down and lights up on Jesus, and Jesus is filled with the Holy Ghost. From that point on, Jesus attributes all that he says, all that he does, everything that is pointing to God is done not by him, but by the Spirit of his Father or the Holy Ghost. Now, if Jesus needed that, you and I need the personal, individual infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen? <clears throat> now, when we start looking at the Holy Ghost, one thing we have to realize, the Holy Ghost has nothing to do with the intellect of man. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, says that the spirit of man that is in this world does not understand the things of God. You cannot rationale out what the Holy Ghost can do or the possibilities of what he can do in your life. So we don't want to lean to that understanding that may contradict the Bible. We want to believe the Bible. Could again, amen. Realize that our relationship and our receiving of the Holy Ghost is based on faith, not on our intellect, or even our understanding. I don't understand how God can open a blind eye. Now, maybe you do. Maybe you are some advanced eye doctor, and you can do anything. But I doubt it. But I don't know how God grows, enlarges, and connects blood vessels to the brain to take an image, transfer it back to that brain, and then allow you to see that image. Now, I don't understand that, and you don't either. But see, we don't have an intellectual understanding of God. We don't have an understanding that looks at everything and knows how it's accomplished. 
but we have faith. And faith is the basis of receiving the person of the Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost is the individual of the Trinity, of the Godhead, that helps you and I not just walk in the, live in the Spirit, but walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.26. Too many of us are just residents of the, whole, of the kingdom of God, but we're not really participants. And so the world doesn't see any difference in you and I and them. They think a psychic on TV is the equal of a true prophet of God. And it's not equal at all. One is demonic and devilish. The other is truly the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God that testifies of one Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so we also understand that they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the ones that live in the dimensions of the fullness of sonship with Christ Jesus. Because Jesus needed the Holy Ghost, you and I need the Holy Ghost. You know, well, I don't know if I want it. So if God gives you something good, you don't know that you want it? Why, certainly, we want everything that God has for us. Could I get an amen? Now, Jesus prophesied to us in John 7, 36, 37, 38, 39, that he said that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. And this spake he that they had not received because he was not yet raised from the dead or glorified. But he told us that when the Holy Ghost comes, there is an inward reservoir that you and I can draw tap into, and live by. Now, you don't have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. <clears throat> you don't have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. But why would you not want what Jesus shed his blood for? Every person, remember, there is one in the world and the only thing greater is him is not you, but he that lives in you. Now, if you want to be subject to the devil's plans, his whims, his attacks, and all of that, then go ahead. But I don't want to be there. I want to live a life of abundance. And you and I, as believers, have been enabled when we receive the Holy Ghost to live beyond the grasp 
the plans and the schemes of the devil. But you can't live beyond that without him. Amen. Hallelujah. So we understand that Jesus told us that the Holy Ghost was coming. Now some of the questions that rise up as we start talking about the Holy Ghost, we get things like, uh, well, the Holy Ghost is just for special people. Well, let's find out what the Bible says. Well, the Holy Ghost is just for the mature person. It's just for the disciples. It's just for those that God has ministry for. And all of those are religious lies. Every one of them is a religious lie. So let's start looking at who the Holy Ghost is for by the Scripture. The Scripture, remember, is the wisdom of God, the voice of God, the will and the purpose of God. Now let's go to Acts 1.15. Acts 1.15. Some say that, well, it's just for the 12 disciples. Well, let's find out how many disciples it was really for. And it says in Acts 1.15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number and the names together were about 120. So that right there shatters the idea that there were only 12 disciples. There were 120. These 120 were the ones that were in the upper room. Go to Acts 2, 1. Acts 2, 1. Today we're going to discover if uh, your Bible is the right Bible to have because we're going to look at scriptures. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Now it sat upon each of them. Sat upon how many of them? Each. Remember, there's 120 there, not just 12. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were 120 people. So we have to scratch the idea that there were only 12 disciples, that whosoever wanted could have been in that upper room. Amen? Absolutely. And then in Acts, uh, let's look at uh, verse 38, Acts 2:38. Then Peter said unto them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Now Peter was making a blanket statement. 
if you get born again, the Holy Ghost can be yours. And then he makes this declaration in verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your who? Children. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. Now, Peter tells us that it's for everybody that repents and calls upon the name of the Lord. So how should it rest in our religious interpretation that God only gave this to the disciples? It wasn't just given to the disciples. It was given to every disciple. Amen? And then in verse 41 it says, And they that they gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So now we have a declaration by Peter, the apostle. He says, everybody that repents and is baptized can have it. Number two, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 got it. And these really weren't even Jews. They were there for the celebration of Pentecost. They were from all around the world. They were Jewish converts come to hear the priest speak. And instead of just hearing the priest speak, they begin to hear these men with supernatural languages that the Holy Ghost gives them utterance for. They hear them speaking in their own tongue. A miracle in itself. Now, just a few days before, these same men were chiding in with the priest saying, crucify him, crucify him. Now they bow a knee on a blood-stained path and give their life to Jesus Christ and are joined to the family of God. God can do anything. Amen. So don't give up on your children. Don't give up on anybody. God doesn't. Let's go to Acts, the 8th chapter, and verse 4. Acts 8, 4. Now, this is Philip. He's a disciple. He is a disciple. And he goes down to a place called Samaria. And it says in verse 4, 8-4, therefore, there were scattered abroad, and they went everywhere teaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Philip was a miracle worker, like every other disciple is enabled to be. You are enabled to be a miracle worker. 
And then it says this, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many and that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and, and the lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Don't you think that would make people happy? Amen. And so we see that Philip went down and he preached just simple Jesus. And miracles and signs and wonders happened and devils came out of many. The lame walked, the deaf heard, the blind saw. And Philip caused a joy to come to that city. Now let's go down to verse 12 and see what happens as Philip continues. And it says, And when they believed Philip preaching the things which were concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Now we have men and women disciples getting the Holy Ghost. Let me ask you this. How could a woman have the Holy Ghost and receive the ability to prophesy or to speak in tongues and to interpret, yet she's told to be quiet in the church? But we don't do that. We send them behind closed doors to classrooms that are connected to the church and we just let her go back there, teach and instruct all that she wants. I would say this, the main sanctuary may be filled with foolish hypocrites. There is neither male nor female. When God created them, he created Adam and Eve. Now, you can choke at religion. You can get entrapped by religion. You can come, become blind by religion. And you can come, become deceived by religion. But my word, let's let the light of the gospel shine in us. Amen? That we are not foolish people striving about issues that mean nothing. Amen. Joel Clark, can you stand up? Oh, he's in children's church. Who's got any hair? Anybody have long hair? No man has long hair. Who? Uh, there you go. Come out here. Come on out here. Come on, Elliot. The rock and roller. Now, he's got long hair. Now, if you wanted, we could argue that men should not have long hair. But if you're going to argue with it, I would say that we have no custom. Could I get an amen? Well, I don't like it. 
We don't like bald people. <laughs> well, see, see how easy it is to become obstructive to truth. Thank you, Elliot. Now, you can argue about anything, but do you know that every truth is supposed to be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses? So if somebody spits at you one scripture, spit it back at them. Do you have something to back that up? Well, no. Listen, God uses donkeys, he uses women, he uses children, and he even uses men. What are we going to do when we stand before God and says, where's your covering? Well, God kind of left me. Don't you know that you bring shame to me? When you're not covered? Why do you think they, the Jewish men wear that little? Yeah, there you go. They wear it on their head. So they have a covering. But even as a Gentile, if you lost your hair, you lost your covering. Be careful when you throw stones that somebody has loaned you. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Phyllis, you be quiet in the church. She said, I'll hit you so hard you won't know if I'm talking in church or not. <laughs> Let's go to Acts 19 and verse 1. Acts 19 and 1. Remember, we're seeing who can be filled with the Holy Ghost. These are 12 disciples that have come out of Ephesus that Paul runs into, and uh, he approaches them, really, about their faith. And Paul says in Acts 19.1, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinthians, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of, the, of Ephesus, and finding certain disciples... You think Paul was a grocery store escapist? He sees somebody down there. No, Paul was looking for brothers to help. We are running from people not to help. Good again, amen. You know we all are. All right. And then it says this, and he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, why was that so important to Paul? Because Paul, when he got converted on the road to Damascus in Acts 9th chapter, he was directed by God to a room, and he stayed there for three days. And a young man named Ananias that didn't trust Paul, as far as he could throw a Volkswagen. And he said, God, that guy's a murderer. 
God said, well, you go. He's been converted. He's now your brother. So he goes, and he says, Paul, Jesus had appeared to you on Damascus. He appeared to me. And he told me to come and to pray for you, that your eyes would be open. Catch this little secret. If you can lay hands on somebody, get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can open blind eyes, deaf ears, and cripples can walk. And he says that you might see, receive your sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why was that so important? Jesus never changed his statement to any disciples that said, you go until you be endued with power. The world is a dangerous place without the Holy Ghost. You will never be able to decipher truth, justice, love, hatred, you will never be able to decipher truth and the fruits of Christianity in a person's life without the Holy Ghost. Boy, if Phyllis would have had the Holy Ghost before she married me, I might be a eunuch today. But thank God everything in its time. So, He's filled with the Holy Ghost, so he knows that it's important that no man that calls himself a believer should ever go unarmed with the Holy Ghost. Now, I understand that this is a simple message, but please, I want to stir you up that you start realizing that you need to live in a partnership with the Holy Ghost. When you get up in the morning, don't start griping and scratching. Start asking the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, use me today. Lead me to people that I can declare Jesus Christ to in a supernatural way. Then be bold enough to do it. And then he says this, and he said unto them, what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with uh, the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard that, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I love the simplicity of Christianity when it's just raw bones of faith and love. There is no argument and scratching and itching and clawing to find the weak spots of somebody else. And when Paul laid hands on upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and what? Prophesied. 
and all the men were about 12. Now we've got another 12 guys joining the tribe. This thing is spreading fast as wildfire. No sooner are they converted that they're being filled. And thousands of Philips are going to the cities and preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. So here, Paul has 12 more men. So we do agree that the disciples, and only the disciples, which are the sons and daughters of God, have access to being filled with the Holy Ghost, Luke the 11th chapter. Now we know that they are ministering out there with the Holy Ghost, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let's answer the question, what is the evidence that accompanies every infilling? Now, I have heard, but he's got so much love. He must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I know lots of mean people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Love is not evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. See, the fruits of the Spirit are not the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They are the fruits of the Spirit that you became a part of and you cry, Abba, Father. Jesus said, now you'll know them by their fruits. And he said that before he had ever given or before the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. You will know them by their fruits. What are the fruits of the recreated spirit? Galatians 5.22. That is the fruit of the recreated spirit that you are responsible for producing in your life. You add to your faith diligence, temperance, kindness, love. That has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost has to do with you. The Bible tells us, grow in love. Add to your faith. Stand fast. Don't speak evil. He's not telling you the Holy Ghost has never spoken evil. He's talking to evil talkers, us. Don't judge unless you have grown in love. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's you. So the fruits of the recreated spirit are found in Galatians 5.22. The evidence or the fruits of the infilling of the Holy Ghost are the nine gifts of the spirit, 
one of them being a vocal gift, and it is only by that can we determine whether the person has received the Holy Ghost or not. Well, they're kind. So was my grandma. And I don't know if she was saved. Now, she drank beer. She smoked cigarettes. But the guy, her last husband, her fourth husband, she outlived them all. They all died living with her. The last one came up to me on a golf course, and he said, you're Pete Dosek? I said, yes, sir. He said, I was married to your grandma. I said, really? He said, yes, sir. I was the last one, and she was the greatest Christian I ever knew. And I read in between the lines, we smoked cigarettes and drank beer together till she died. Because that's what she did. And he thought she was the greatest Christian in the world. Now, I don't know if she just wasn't taught. I don't know if she had, you know, stock and lucky strike. I don't know what, what happened to her. But, see, you and I would say, but she drank beer. Well, she did this, she did that. I know it, but she didn't wear a hoochie skirt. She didn't go brawless. She didn't use slang like we do. What's one of those things that you uh, put in a board, bud, to hold it to another board? Not a nail, but a what? A, a screw. When you use that for another word, God knows what you mean. My grandma would never say that. Through all the smoke, she would say something good. So, I don't know who would be judged, the sinner or the saint. What I want you to realize is that we need to be careful how we judge people, and we need to let the fruit of the Spirit, the recreated Spirit, absorb people's weaknesses because God's already accepted them. The Holy Ghost has already filled them, so you just may as well get over it and join them. I'm talking about the Trinity, not, not the one they're dealing with. Now, so here we see that there is one evidence, somebody say one, that stands out above the other eight gifts. Let me say this again. You don't get a portion of the Holy Ghost. People say, well, what gift did I get? You got nine of them. You didn't get a gift. You got the Holy Ghost. But we say, well, what gift do I have? You've got nine of them. Now explore them and use them to glorify Christ. What if I make a mistake? Hate to tell you, instructions are a way of life. 
get up, dust yourself off, and go right back at it. What is the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost? Let's go to Isaiah, the 28th chapter. Isaiah, the 28th chapter. This is 700 years before Jesus was born. And the Holy Ghost is filling Isaiah with prophetic utterances about the coming outpouring of Joel 2.28. And uh, we're going to jump down. If you have time, Isaiah 28, you have time. So just read from verse 5 on down through 17. But we're going to start in verse 10. And it says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips, God is speaking to Israel, and another tongue will he speak to this people, all of the Jewish people. Remember on Acts 2 that they were Jewish converts from all over the world. And God spake to them in another language with another tongue. And they heard them speak the wonders and the mysteries of God in another language that they were not accustomed to. What is that? That is Speaking in tongues. Matthew, Mark, I'm sorry, the 16th chapter, verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall speak with other tongues. They shall speak with other tongues. Now, Mark, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, thought like Paul. Nobody should be without the Holy Ghost because it's very necessary for you and I to have every one of their gifts, every one of his gifts. And then we look at Acts 2.1. We read that when the Holy Ghost came in like a mighty rushing wind, it filled the room. Fire sent up on them, and they begin to speak with a language, another verbiage, that the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gave them utterance. So the Holy Ghost was behind them speaking in tongues. Now, in Acts, the 10th chapter, there was a guy that was the head of... Uh, Italian band, a group of Italian people that, I'm sorry, it's not Italian, it's Italian. The complainer. 
it, they were Italians. And they were there, maybe had been conquered by the Roman Empire and brought in to Rome and worked their way up, but he had freedom to have a Roman protection and so forth. And he was praying one day. He'd given much alms to the synagogue. He was praying, and an angel came to him. His name was Cornelius. And he said, hey, Cornelius. And uh, he said, yeah. He said, I want to reward you for your faithfulness because all your alms have come up before God. And so God needs to reward you. And Cornelius said, okay. And he said, I want you to send over here, and I want you to call for one Simon Peter. And he's going to give you a message from God. Now, Peter and all the Jews don't want anything to do with Gentiles. They hate them. Anyway, Cornelius goes there. And while he's going there, the Holy Ghost begins to deal with Peter. Now, you need to straighten up, Peter. It's not just about you. It's about the world. And he said, whosoever I cleanse with the blood of my son, they're not going to be common. And so he came. Cornelius meets Peter. Peter meets Cornelius. And the Holy Ghost says to Peter, you go with him, nothing doubting. Peter said, oh, okay. So he goes with him. And when he goes there, he begins to preach to these Gentiles. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost falls on this Italian group of believers. And they begin to hear them magnify God and speak in other tongues the wonderful works of God. And Peter said, can anybody forbid water that these could be baptized in the name of Jesus as they have received the Holy Ghost such as us? Now, what do you think convinced Peter to believe that those Gentiles had received the Holy Ghost? Was it because they looked so good? What caused them to say, these guys have it? Thank you. Tongues. That was the evidence that proved that people received the Holy Ghost. Remember when Paul laid hands on the 12 disciples out of Ephesus? They spoke in tongues and prophesied. What do you think Ananias did with Paul in that upper room by himself? Besides this. You got any weapons on your brother? Come on, bro. No. He didn't trust him. What convinced him that he had received the Holy Ghost? He spoke in tongues. 
And Paul affirmed that in 1 Corinthians 14 chapter. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in your midst, I'd rather speak words to be easily understood. Now, this language is not an intellectual language. It is a language that is given to us by the Holy Ghost. It is a language just like God taught Abraham how to speak things that were not as though they were. God taught Abraham how to use faith. Now the Holy Ghost begins to give us a supernatural language. One more scripture and I'm going to close. Aren't you glad? It's a good thing because I'm ready to turn this clock back. No. Why would Paul take up three chapters of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 to give you instructions on the gifts of the Spirit to unveil them if you were never going to use them? He gave you instruction because God is not the author of confusion. God gives us instruction. Why would you give a caveman a Mercedes, what do you call those things, manual? He doesn't have a Mercedes. People used to tell me, well, when you go to the Philippines and those countries, Preach prosperity. I said, I do. Well, well, what do you preach? I preach that their chickens will have two eggs. Well, man, they, they, they could drive uh, cars and Cadillac. I said, you want to send them gas money? Wake up. They'd rather have two eggs than a Cadillac that they can't even get started because they have no gas. Prosperity to other people is not prosperity to you. Phyllis tells me I'm blessed. And I look at other people, I said, honey, there's something wrong. She said, quit looking. Now I'm blessed. I'm married to the woman that holds the strings. Not that she ever opens them for me. No, she does. The other day she bought me a hot dog and fries. I was impressed. She told me I could pay her back later when I got my allowance. And so, now Paul gave us instructions because those gifts are for this present day time in the body of Christ. Women, you are allowed to prophesy. You are allowed to speak in tongues. You are allowed to interpret that tongue. You are allowed to sing in the house of God that your labor and your toil have helped to build. We tell you that there is neither male nor female in the body of Christ. So lift up your voice and be used of God. 
Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have tumors or goiters on your body if you'll just simply put your hand on them. Just put your hand on them because every believer that has the Holy Ghost, these signs are going to follow you. Not only are you going to walk in health, you're going to be able to set people free from sickness and disease. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, by that name, the authority of that name, that power of that name, I curse every tumor, every gorder, every growth. I curse every hernia, God. Now, God, I curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost, come. Come, Holy Ghost. And really, Holy Ghost, we want you to take ownership so that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by the Spirit of the living God that we live and move and have our being and that we are empowered to glorify one Jesus Christ. Lead us and guide us. Make your voice clear and as sharp as it's ever been. Open up our eyes. Open up our spirit, God, and let us move in conjunction with him whom we are filled with for the mission of declaring Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I ask you to pour afresh, pour afresh, God, that Holy Ghost upon us. Pour it afresh, God. Make us newly hungry and thirsting after you, God. God, awaken us, for the hour is up on us. Awaken us, O oh God. Hallelujah. Let us know your voice. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, God bless every family, every individual. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Every home and every marriage, God. Every house. We thank you for it. And God, we give you glory and praise in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. The series on the Holy Ghost continues Wednesday. Hallelujah. God bless you.